really great to have Pastor I. It's made it all so surreal uh, that he stayed with us and Mum and Dad Mitchell out on the farm. And I think Pastor I's enjoyed his time here. Um, but it's really going to be great to have Pastor I come and, and speak to us. So, Pastor I, if you'd like to come up, um, you don't want to come up, I'll come to you. <laughs> we'll do an interview. <laughs> but please come up. Um, Pastor I is our senior pastor in Bethel Christian Centre. Um, back in Port Moresby um, so he's the one that makes all the decisions he's the one that says we can stay or go after this it could be go <laughs> but Pastor I'd love to pray for you before we start Father we just want to give you thanks for Pastor I Lord we just pray that uh, people of this church you prepare yourself you have your minds open and your heart open and ready in preparation for God's word Father, we give you thanks for Pastor I for being here and joining with us in our church and uh, being able to bring a word to you. And we thank you, Lord, that we can close that gap closer between here and Papua New Guinea, Lord, as he comes here and brings your word. So we thank you for him and we ask that you bless him in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor I. Thank you, uh, Wally. It's a real privilege to be here this morning. I thank you, Pastor Colin, for having me to come and uh, use your pulpit. I bring greetings from uh, Bethel Christian Center from but mostly the pastors and the, the families, the students. I am married to one wife. <laughs> and the only one, I have two boys. They, they're in their mid-twenties. The eldest is uh, in the Philippines at the moment, uh, doing some uh, exposure on mission work. Uh, the younger one is at home with us. Well, this morning I'd like to share some thoughts in regard to missions. This morning I've titled my message, The Task, The Task or the Mandate that God has given to us. A lot of times we easily forget that all of us owe so much to those in the past who obeyed the Lord's command and brought the gospel to us. You know, logically, wherever a church exists today, it is only because sometime or another someone brought the gospel to us. Whether we appreciate it or not, in many of our nations, a very high price was paid to bring us the gospel that we enjoy today and so easily may take for granted. You know, I remember many years ago, my great-grandfather died in, uh, survived in a massacre 
where some of the missionaries were killed. The Pacific Islanders came to our land. They brought the gospel to our place. The gospel came from the east to the west, to the island of New Guinea. We were the last frontiers for the gospel to come uh, within the Pacific Islands. And a lot of Pacific Islanders died in that nation. But they, grew, they, they, they brought the gospel to us. That is why we are here today. And so are you. Individuals or organizations that have not defined their central task will sooner or later become redundant. You know, the mission of the church is missions. It is the definition of our task and our adherence to, to it that gives us identity, direction, and energy or the vision. It is the process that simplifies the pathway to success. You know, I thank God for Christian Revival Crusade. I came uh, from another organization when I was in my teenage years. When I got saved, I did not know this movement and uh, didn't know about missions. Uh, I thank God for this organization because it has given me the opportunity to express the ministry giftings in my own life. In Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, For the Son of God came to seek and to save that was lost. You know, some years ago I was reading a book by Selwyn News. And I stumbled over this quote. It says, The most successful man ever lived, our Lord Jesus Christ, failed by all human standards that are used to make a success. He possessed no property, left no money, did not write a book, never established a headquarters or compiled a mailing list. And when he was taken by wicked men and crucified, most of his followers deserted him. All he left was some simple seeds sown in the hearts of men and women, which energized through the cross and the resurrection and watered by the Holy Spirit, spread throughout the earth and transformed the centuries. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ commanded his church to give itself without reservation to the consuming task of reaching the lost. And I thank God for this church. Though it may be small, but you send a couple out there to bring the gospel to our nation. You know, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19 and 20, these words, traditionally known as the Great Commission, have often been neglected in our time. A lot of churches today don't involve in missions anymore. They've become centric in their thinking, in their activities, in what they do. Today the challenge is to reach people of every nation, every time with the good news about Jesus Christ is greater than any other time in the history of the church. Yet 
we find ourselves less committed, less convinced of the priority of world missions than we have ever been. We need to return to the words of Jesus and obey them. The challenge to us is how committed are we to the cause of the gospel. Someone somewhere prayed for us so that we could be here today. Somewhere, somebody somewhere gave so that we could be here today. Missions is not what we do. It's who we are. Hallelujah. And it is the reason why the church exists. What we are as a local church and as a movement of CRC doing to reach the people that are still unreached. You know, I'm not talking about statistics or churches joining our movement. I'm not talking about church growth through transference of Christians from one church to the other. I'm talking about how to reach the lost. Hallelujah. And I'd like to say thank you once again for releasing Wally and Leona to come to us, to help us. In the last three years, they've been a very big help. Some things we don't do, they do. And we're all different. We're the body of Christ. There are some parts in our body that functions differently to the other parts. So what they do, I cannot do. We complement each other, one way or the other, that contributes to the expansion of God's kingdom. She may be in the office. He may be out. <laughs> uh, he may be out fishing. <laughs> but we all contribute to the expansion of the kingdom of God. Your giving, your prayers contribute towards the expansion of God's kingdom. So what are some of the objectives that we should have? I'd like to share two things this morning. Number one is to recognize the abundance of resources available in the church today to complete the Great Commission. The abundance of resources available to the church today to complete the Great Commission. Now when I say resources, I'm not talking about only money and other things. I'm also talking about you and I. The human resource. You know, in every department, there is a department called HR, the human resource department. In God's kingdom, there is a human resource department. Hallelujah. It's you and I. Amen. God counts on you and I. You and I are the most valuable asset or the tool in his hand. So do not underestimate the potential of God in your life. Never underestimate the potential of God in your life. You know, when I first came to the Lord, I used to sit at the back. I was very shy. I wouldn't stand in the front. 
But one day somebody prayed for me. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It changed, it changed my whole perspective. You know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Came real to me. I was different. And never been the same since then. So that's number one. To recognize the abundance of resources available, <clears throat> available in the church today to complete the Great Commission. Number two, to evaluate our current level of in involvement in reaching the lost and to provoke into a flame a greater consecration to obey the Lord's command to all, to disciple all nations. So what is necessary before Christ returns? There is, however, one thing. You know, I've had some little bit of study on this two words. The one thing. You know, Paul says one thing. David said, one thing have I decided. And Jesus said to Martha, one thing. And Mary has chosen what is right. However, the one thing that the church was given to do, and it is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. In the same chapter, verse 33, even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near. Right at the door, I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. This generation that sees all these things will be the last generation. The end could come tomorrow. You know, Jesus said, I'm coming back. The end could come tomorrow. With all the technology we have today, the gospel is being spread throughout the world with the technology we have today. Thousands and millions have been reached. You know, I was reading this passage where it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. You know, for the Lord, a thousand days is like a year. Or a thousand, thousand years like a day. You know, that scripture. And uh, time is nothing to God. And he could come back tomorrow. And the challenge to us is are we fulfilling the mandate that God has given to us as individuals? And when I talk about the church, you are the church. We are the church. We congregate in this building as a family. That scripture I said is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, 
as some count slackness, but is lost long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not confined to time. Hastening the coming of the Lord in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is a very, very important thing. Either Jesus is careless in his language, or we need to see exactly what this verse says. It is very important to take note what Jesus says here in this verse. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. So what would make devil's time short? There is another passage in the Bible that talks about this very thing. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 12. As you look forward to the day, God, day of God, and speed its coming, that they will bring about the destructions of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt, melt in the heat. So what can hasten the day? The gospel being proclaimed to all the nations. The Greek word for nations is ethnos. Ethnic people, groups, will hasten, will speed up that process. So if there is a precise definition involved, it is very important that we be careful. Because in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus repeats the word ethnos, which gives, which he gives the great commission. Making disciples of all nations, people groups, people of unreached nations, unreached peoples, unreached, unreached areas. So we can see that there are churches that are full of disciples or churches making disciples of every tribe, town, nation, and people. There needs to be a joining together to reach the unreached. We may not reach the whole world, but we can play our part in reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. And like I said, your church can be a little church here. But you're playing your part. Playing your part. And it's very evident that you have sent your missionaries to our nation. So I want to encourage you. Get excited about reaching the people of all lands and of all nations. There must be the recognition of the abundance of resources available in the church today to complete the Great Commission. And this resource involves the human resource. The reason why we can do that is because of the great progress that the gospel has made so far. And the amazing resources that the church has today 
to do this job. Amen. God has his church full of resources. Whatever you can, what part that you can play in addressing the issue, you do it for the glory of God. Together, we can have an enormous number of personnel to reach out to all of these unrich people. Together, we can be able to do this. The second point, to evaluate our current level of commitment and involvement in reaching the lost and to provoke into a flame a greater consecration to obey the Lord's command to disciple all nations. Today, there is a great deal of emphasis on spiritual warfare. If we are not fighting the war that the Bible instructs us to fight, our spiritual, spiritual warfare isn't going anywhere. If we get involved in praying for the unrich people, then we must also have the time to engage. To engage in this program ourselves. Evangelism is spiritual warfare. You take back what the enemy has taken from you. What the enemy has taken from the kingdom of God. Well, some people might say, what's the hurry? Why do, well, why do we need, need to get this job done now? Why not 2045? 2045 is the international vision of organization. By the year 2045, we need, we need to reach a certain number of nations. That is good. What difference will it make? Well, the difference is this. By the end of the day, the people that are lost will never, ever have the chance to hear the gospel and they will perish without Christ. We don't have to look too far. It's in our cities. It's in our towns. There are people here that need the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I have been mandated by Jesus to carry the gospel and to reach the nations. The nations, maybe in the English word today, is like countries. The nations in this context is talking about people groups, people, ethnic peoples. There are indigenous ethnic peoples even in this nation. What is our, what is our heart? 
What are we at in regard to reaching these people? This morning, I would like to leave this challenge. Because at the end of the day, the unreached peoples will never have the chance to hear the gospel, and they will perish without Christ. And it is real. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, I was challenged to reach my own family first before I went up to reach somebody else. Because I knew that knowing what Jesus did for me and having to keep that to myself wouldn't be fair. So I decided to evangelize my own family before I could reach others for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, people without Christ, the truth is that they are not going to heaven. You know, this morning, Pastor Colin read the scripture about being new creation men and women. But following on that scripture, it talks about reconciliation. God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Today, there are a lot of people looking for ministries. And yet, God has given us this gift, this ministry called Ministry of Reconciliation. Reconciling men back to him. Hallelujah. And that ministry has been given to every one of us. Every one of us. If you're a child of God, that ministry is upon you. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to express that gifting, that ministry gift, so that we can see people come to Lord Jesus Christ. The reason for them not going to heaven, apart from being sinners, is no other than what we have chosen to spend on ourselves, the resources that Jesus has given us to reach them. A lot of churches today are centric in their thinking. And not people out there. And God has given us, God has blessed the church with resources to reach the unreached. That's the purpose. That's the mandate that God has given to us. But today, the church has turned its focus inward. It's become like bless me clubs. They're centric in their thinking. They're, they're, there's two things that Pastor Barry told us. Centric and radiate. The church must be radiant in its thinking, looking outwards. What can it do? The mandate that God has given to us. And I thank God for this church. Though it may be little, but it's very evident that you're looking outwards with the programs you have and with Wally and Leona being sent. And I pray that that's not the end. That's a step. 
you know, first step leads to a thousand miles. God has blessed the church generally so much, and yet have chosen to spend on itself very centric in its approach. To whom much is given, much is required. One day we will give an account to the Lord in how we have spent his resources. You know, God does not make mistakes. You know, this church has a vision. And God doesn't make mistakes in bringing people to this church. With the giftings and talents. So you are not here by accident. God brought you here to fulfill with the talent that God had given you, the vision of this local church. You're not just here to fill the seats. You are here for a purpose. And God is interested in you. To use the giftings and talents to help grow the vision of this local church. You know, when the Lord brought me into battle center, I knew I was there for a purpose, not to just sit down and be comfortable in the church. And I knew why. Because today I can look back and see my own journey. To be where I am today, I knew God had a purpose and a plan for my life. To be part and partial of carrying that vision, the mandate that God gave to Bethel Center. And the same thing applies here. God has a vision of, for this local church. It is not just another statistics in this city, in this town. It's just not another number of churches in this town. It was planted here for a purpose. And like I said, alone comes people. God does not make people. Uh, make, God does not... Uh, it's not by accident that God brings people into the church because God sees your talents and giftings. Therefore, he brings them into a local family to be able to expand the growth of the church. So you are not here by accident. Regardless of your age, we all have a part to play. Amen. We all have a part to play. And I thank God for the connections we've made. You know, when I asked Wally and Leon, when are you coming back? And they said, uh, on the 28th of March, uh, sorry, Feb. And I said, uh, I'd like to come to your church. Because I want to make this connection. You know, this church has sent a missionary to our church. And I'd like to make that connection. I'd like to meet the people and the pastor of the church. Because having to work together, to fulfill the plans and the purposes of God is very important. And so this morning, I'd like to encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. You know, we can give our resources, but more than that, you and I are the most valuable resource that the Lord would have used. We can give, we can pray, but God wants you and me. Amen. Play your part. Play your part in the kingdom of God.
And you will see the difference. God is going to use you. And God will use you if you step out in faith. Amen. God will use you. God is going to use you. And I believe that with all my heart. Because I, I saw that in my own life. I had to step out. And so this morning, I'm not going to make an auto call, but this is something between you and the Lord. Something for you to ponder on. Because God does not make mistakes in bringing people to His church. Because He knows that person can fulfill and become part of the vision that God has given to a church through its leader. And so this morning I would like to encourage you. Believe in yourselves. There is so much potential in your life and God wants to take that and use it for his purposes. Do not underestimate. Never, never, never underestimate the potential of God. You can be somebody counted in God's kingdom in fulfilling his mandate. Hallelujah. I'd like to encourage everyone here today. Believe in yourselves. Thank you. Thank you. It's good encouragement and good challenge. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you chosen to use us you've called us into your family so that we could be part of your hands and your arms and your words reaching out to people who don't know you yet thank you lord that you've created us with gifts and talents that you can use as we speak to others as we help other people you can use those gifts and talents to Lead other people into your family so that they too can be born again. Lord, I want to thank you for this word of encouragement for us. Lord, thank you. You just reassured us again that you've called us here for a purpose. You've got a plan and a purpose and it's to reach out to new people. To see your kingdom expand and grow not only just in Swan Hill but around the world as well and Lord thank you for Pastor I and the, the word that he's brought to us today we pray Lord that this connection between our church here and the work in Bethel Centre in New Guinea would be uh, strengthened as we share together we just pray Lord that as each one plays their part both here and in New Guinea more and more people come to know you as Lord and Saviour. Lord, we ask for that. We pray, Lord, that as we
take these minutes to just uh, be in your presence, that you'd speak to us. Maybe there's a word you would say to us personally. Maybe there's someone here, Lord, that needs to step out in some way or someone that's got a gift that you would want to draw out and use. Pray, Lord, that as we just take these last few moments together, that you'd speak to us, that you'd quicken our hearts, Lord, by your Spirit. So we commit ourselves into your hands in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. We're going to sing a song.